We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, partner, if you had to guess on a weekly basis, how many salary cap related questions for the Ravens do we get, whether it's on YouTube or social media or, or you name it per week? I don't know, but I just refer them all to at Raven salary cap every time they come in. <laughs> exactly. And that's exactly why we bring in the most coveted man in Baltimore Ravens coverage right now. And that is salary cap analyst and Russell Street reports. Brian McFarland, who's been making his rounds. We've covered some of the things that he's covered extensively on our podcast over the last month or so. And we just figured, why not go directly to the source? So first and foremost, Brian, welcome into the vault. I believe this is your debut. I know you and I have done a number of uh, coverage items on on different channels, but this is your debut on the vault, my friend. So it's been long awaited. And uh, thanks for taking some time today. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And how's everybody doing this morning? Listen, I'm good. I was in bed by 11, had a good solid seven hours. I don't know about you, Bobby. You're the one who's doing our audio editing and staying up to the wee hours. Well, I'll be good to go after Brian kind of shed some light on everything that's going on in Ravens country, you know. So why don't we just get right to it? And and that's this, you know, what would the team have to realistically have to do in order to afford Lamar's $45.4 million franchise tag in your mind, Brian? Yeah, I mean, they've got a lot of work to do at that number. Um, that's the, I mean, obviously that's the one of those decisions they have to make, whether they want to go with the, the exclusive tag, that 45 plus million, or whether they want to go with the non-exclusive. I think the non-exclusive is um, dangerous. Um, because if he is signed to an offer sheet, they would only get two first round picks. Um, and uh, I think his value certainly is higher than that. So, um, yeah, they've got uh, they've got opportunities to restructure guys. Um, you know, um, Ronnie Stanley and uh, Marlon Humphrey, they've done several times over already. That's where the big money, the big uh, the big savings comes from. But. You know, Stanley's uh, cap number in 24 is already going to be 26 million. Um, so you got to be careful there. But there's some other candidates. And then there are some guys they can cut or extend, um, you know, some of the veteran guys. Um, obviously, one of those um, being Calais Campbell. Uh, you know, he may retire. If he retires at $7 million in savings, that's a nice chunk of change. If he, um, if they decide to cut him because they need that space, um, which, you know, they're not going to want to probably, but, you know, they may have to make some hard decisions. That would be $7 million. Or he's a guy they could extend if he wants to, says he wants to play. I kind of give him what I call the Marshall Yonda treatment. The last couple years of Yonda's uh, career here, he was playing under a series of two-year contracts. He'd get through the first year. He'd say, yeah, I'm going to play again next year. They'd tack on another year. And that would spread the money out a little for cap purposes. So, um, yeah, if if they got to go with the 48, they're going to have to make some tough decisions for sure. Now, Brian, where would that leave them, though, like health wise within the cap? I mean, you can obviously do it. Do you think Eric DeCosta is sleeping well at night if he has to do all those things you just mentioned? No, not at all. Um, yeah, because it's going to mean you're going to have to rely, and they only have five draft picks this year. Now they've they've you know accumulated a lot of players over the last couple of years through the draft, but with only five draft picks, you're going to be you know undrafted free agents are going to have to fill out that back end of the roster. 
uh, probably because you're not going to be able to. I mean, at, at that number, free agency is over before it begins, basically. Oof. Yeah. All right. So so for those that, you know, aren't quite following along in depth is, you, you know, the three of us. Can you kind of break down what both sides stand to lose and what both sides stand to gain with a tag? Yeah, well, obviously, right off the bat, the Ravens lose cap flexibility, you know, their ability to to, uh, you know, fix other parts of the, the roster. Um, and, you know, in a way, Lamar loses out with that, too, because if they can't get him a front line wide receiver, um, you know, that that hurts him either now or in the future and hurts him for this year, perhaps. And then maybe that hurts his value down the road if he has a, you know, a middling season, so to speak, however you want to define that. Um, so, I mean, certainly that um, and he doesn't get long and for Lamar. He doesn't get long term security. And, and I guess the same thing goes for the Ravens where, you know, if, if he plays under the tag this year, we're back here again talking about this same thing next year, uh, though next year, I think, you know, a lot of people have called this year the breaking point. I think next year is the breaking point because, um, you know, they can keep him on the tag. It, it hurts this year. But next year. The tag is is 20 percent more. So obviously that's a bigger number. The cap is going seemingly going to go up substantially again next year. So they'll be a, probably be able to accommodate that if need be. But what it does is the third tag the following year is not possible. I mean, that would be something like 80 million. Um, so, you know, next year, I think, is if it doesn't happen this year, next year is the push. You know, the push comes to shove because they if they let if they play him under the tag again next year then they lose him as a free agent the following year and the best thing the best they can get is a third round comp- compensatory pick so if they can't get a deal done by next year i think that's that's the point where they have to trade him um to get the value back i think i speak for a good portion of this fan base we cannot do this again for a whole nother year right i mean that's just yeah, i don't know if we yeah. have the patience you know, so, yeah. uh, but along those same lines, Brian, there, there's just a ton of confusion, a ton of, I would say, misinformation out there when it comes to what the Ravens have or haven't offered Lamar when it comes to extension talk. And I know you've been thorough in trying to, you know, <laughs> make sure that it, it's, I don't know, you, you got Kleiman and Ryan Clark and all these guys on Twitter that, you know, sometimes spread this. And I don't know if they're doing it like, viciously but the reporting is is incomplete so do you have a hunch for what you think the offer was uh and do you think it was a reasonable one if you do have a hunch yeah i'll go back to uh september the reporting was from adam schefter and and chris mortensen who i you know obviously they all make their mistakes and they all get misinformation but those guys seem to be pretty in tune to things um, that offer the, the reports then were that they had offered 250 million on a five-year deal, so that five-year extension at that point, because he still would have played, uh, you know, obviously would have been a six years in total because he was already under contract at that point for, for last season. So, um, that was 250 million. Um, so that's 50 million a year, which puts it at the top. I think Aaron Rodgers is 50.1. So it's just slightly under. And that that 250 could have been a round number that he was told that they were told. And the report then was 133 million fully guaranteed. Um, That would uh, put the offer right in line with what, uh, you know, generally, you know, the next big contract, next big free agent, next big contract that comes along, they get a little more than the last guy. Doesn't mean they're the best. Doesn't mean Murray got that Murray got uh, more than anybody else. Of course, Watson is the elephant in the corner um but you know murray got more than anybody gotten before and then russell wilson topped him and and neither got fully guaranteed so that's always been that sort of process and the 133 million fully guaranteed was more than um those two guys got fully guaranteed so it was in line with you know the way the way big contracts are done now there was a report also from Diane Russini, who was covering the Ravens-Jets game uh, for ESPN, who said she had talked to Lamar 
and questioned him about the guaranteed amount, not the fully guaranteed, but the guaranteed, the, the total guarantees. And I don't remember, he said something like 180 million or she kind of, he, she gave a number and he said not that much, but close or something like that. I don't remember the exact details on it. So that would also put it in line. Um, you know, Russell Wilson in total guarantees was 165, fully guaranteed 124. So those, those numbers top those. The only thing it didn't top was Deshaun Watson's 230 million fully guaranteed. So now we, the most recent thing was they're 100 million apart. Well, that's that's kind of just repeating the numbers from September, but it, it, it lacked context. If 100, if 100 million apart would seemingly be Watson's 230 million guarantee, fully guaranteed, and the 133 million fully guaranteed that they offered. I mean, it's 97 million difference, but, you know, the rounding it to 100 million. I mean, that's no great surprise. That wasn't really news. Um, it's not that they're offering 80 million total guarantees and he wants 180 million total guarantees. Those total guarantees are total value. He wants 250 million and they're only offering 150 million. Well, that would be ludicrous. If, they, if that's all they're offering, he would have demanded a trade a long time ago. And he had been, I mean, because th there was no way they're ever going to bridge that kind of gap. If it's the fully guaranteed number, there's a way to bridge that gap. And so I, that, that didn't, I know everybody was up in arms about that reporting, but it, it, it really wasn't anything different. And it's that context of fully guaranteed versus guaranteed and total value that was lacking in that, that, that there are a hundred million apart thing. Yeah. I, I wish that media were required to, to, uh, be more detailed about fully versus uh, total when they when they uh, report on guarantees. It gets it gets super confusing. Brian, the way you just kind of laid that out, certainly from the outside looking in, is it feels like the Ravens are following what they think is precedent in quarterback contracts, right? And so they're feeling like Watson's deal is an outlier. Meanwhile, it's Lamar that wants Watson's deal to be considered the president. And both you understand both sides. I mean, that you can't demonize either side. I mean, each one's trying to create one to be the president. So I saw on Twitter that you had said, and you kind of just said it there, that there's contractual ways to bridge that gap. I mean, it, it feels like a massive gap in fully guaranteed money. So can you explain that? Like, how can they bridge that gap contractually? Sure. And that's that's a situation where one of the things so your 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 total guaranteed money. So we're going to use one hundred and eighty versus the one hundred and thirty three. What that is, is 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 generally that difference is usually injury guaranteed money or vesting guarantees. So injury guaranteed money is if, you know, if Lamar had a, if he had one hundred and eighty, if it's one hundred thirty three fully guaranteed, one hundred and eighty total guarantees, if he got injured, they'd have to pay him the one hundred and eighty. Um, if he stinks and they have to cut him uh, and he's not injured, then the 133 is all they would owe. So that's that's kind of the difference there. But the vesting guarantee. So so usually they get on a deal like this, uh, if it's five or six years, they would fully guarantee the first three years. So that's the signing bonus and option bonus and then the base salaries over those three years, years four and five, then, which would be you know, a uh, base salary of probably 40 and, you know, 30 to 40 million each year. Um, and because there's, there's, um, there's bonus prorations on top of that, but the actual salary would probably be in those ranges. So what, what the vesting guarantee is, if he's on the roster the first day of the league year, so this year, March 13th, if he was, so this was his, this was year, this is year three for him. If, if, if coming up this March is year three for him. Um, year four is injury guaranteed, but not fully guaranteed yet. If he's on the roster the first day of the league year this year, March 15th, then that then next year's base salary converts from fully uh, from partially or injury guaranteed to fully guaranteed. So in essence, he's going to make that. I mean, what how many quarterbacks generally don't see, especially a guy when you're investing this much in them? aren't going to see that fourth and fifth year anyway. They're probably getting that's probably getting redone in year four or five anyway. And Flacco, you know, is a classic example. He had a he had a six year deal, three years in, they redid it. Um, so usually they see all of the years anyway. So in a way the the guaranteed or not is 
it can be bridged for one. And so you, the same thing could happen in year five. If he's on the roster first day of year four, uh, then that uh, year five fully guarantee. So you can do that. And, and given the, you know, the size of the bonuses, it's going to be hard to cut him anyway. So in a way, you know, sometimes I look at this and I'm like, why are they arguing over this? You know, it, it's, it's semantics in a way because they certainly, you know, I mean, I'm not saying the Raven, the Ravens aren't going to set the precedent. I think Bashadi was clear on that, but in a way, does it really matter? Because you're expecting him to be here for five years. So, and the same thing, I mean, you can look at from the same direction for Lamar. Does it really matter? Cause you're going to be here for five years. So if you only get, you know, let's say they bump it up to 150 million fully guaranteed on a $250 million deal. He's still going to probably see that other hundred million anyway, because it's going to be so hard to cut him after year three anyway. So he's going to be here for at least four of those. So, you know, sometimes we get hung up on that and obviously they're hung up on it too. And I think that's just, we don't want for the Ravens. We don't want to blow the pay scale out of the water because if it happens, I mean, the next guy that gets fully guaranteed is probably going to be the precedent. I don't think Watson is. Um, if you think about Kirk Cousins getting fully guaranteed, however many years ago that was, that was going to be the new precedent, except there were a slew of quarterback contracts after that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers coming off of an MVP year did not get fully guaranteed after that. And then Watson is just you know, I hate to say, it, but Cleveland's desperation. But the next guy, be it be it be it Lamar or or Herbert or or Burrow, which I don't think those owners are giving fully guaranteed either. Um, but you know, that next one really, I think, I think Watson is an outlier just because of Cleveland's desperation. He didn't want to go to Cleveland. He had he had taken them out of the running between Atlanta and New Orleans, and Cleveland turns around and says, "We'll fully guarantee it." Oh, and now I'm interested, you know, right. and, and Atlanta and Atlanta, who is one of those teams that is, you know, makes some sense for Lamar because of where they are in the draft and, you know, the need for a quarterback and that, you know, need for a you know face of the franchise. They weren't going to go fully guaranteed with with Watson, obviously they're different guys, Watson having the baggage. But I don't see them if, if they are a Lamar suitor. I don't see them going fully guaranteed either. Mm. All these scenarios, too, especially with Burrow and Herbert, you know, they might present Lamar being forced to kind of go back to the drawing board, you know, if, if the, the market doesn't continue to reset. But let's say that uh, they were to agree to a five-year deal, right, the two sides. What would realistically, in your mind, be, be the cap hit here, knowing that DaCosta isn't all that known or not all that into backloading contracts? Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to do what they have to do. And the, the structure recently, um, it, the, the structure recently, I mean, they, they are very strong upfront cash. So it would be a big signing bonus, probably a pretty sizable option bonus next year. Um, but that allows them to keep this first year cap number low. So I would think um, they would get that into the, you know, 25 to 30 mil range which means the last year of the deal is going to be pretty high. Um, for Lamar, that's great because that means, okay, you're going to extend me then because you're going to need to lower that. I mean, all of these contracts, be it Josh Allen or Mahomes, these keep getting restructured every year. I mean, you know, they have, they'll have a, well, prior to this, a $40 million cap number and it gets restructured. I mean, that's just the way, that's just the way it's, you know, and, We'll deal with it at the end, you know, when Mahomes is 35. And that's, you know, what the Steelers did with Ben Roethlisberger over the years as well. And and what uh, was happening with Drew Brees, he never played under his scheduled cap number. It was always restructured in those latter years to spread it out. So, and eventually you got to pay the piper. Now the cap's going to go up and up. So maybe that will change uh, a little. I mean, we're looking... You know, we're looking at talking. I mean, we're, we're at 224. We're expecting 250 to 255 next year. I mean, a substantial jump. Um, so, you know, they'll, teams will be able to absorb that a little better. But I think for this coming year, uh, that that in that 25 to 30 range, so under what the non-exclusive tag would be, and I think with other moves they can make, that would give them enough flexibility to uh, to do some other things that they would want want to do. Yeah, I mean, that still is a a massive number, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not, I mean, that's basically everything they have now. So they would definitely still have to make moves. I mean, I think you're, you're always saying it's about 8 million to do a, 
to do a rookie class. It might be a little bit less because they have less picks. So yeah, it's going to be about five this year. And five and, this year. And, yeah. So it's and so that's a little but but they you know you have the practice squad, you yeah. have uh, injury replacements. Obviously, guys go on IR, so you have to have them replaced. You have to have a kind of a kitty of fun to carry into the season. Um, you have practice squad elevations. Uh, where, you know, weekly you can bring up two guys. So you have to factor that, you know, that anticipated cost in as well. So, um, you know, there are there are definitely uh, a lot of other things that come along, even, you know, okay, we've got, you know, in the beginning, as of March 15th, you know, we've got X in cap space. We've got that to spend on free agents. No, that's not the case. It's full uh, scope. We've got a fraction of that to spend on free agents. Yeah. All right. So, so Brian, there's something that I, I can't cr- – that you said that I still can't quite wrap my brain around. I mean, I get it in essence. So you said that essentially, does it really matter what seems to be that there is their sticking point, which is fully guaranteed. And you're saying, does it really matter? Because in the end quarterbacks always play out their, their contracts anyway. And then you get to three, three or three and you're restructuring anyway. So I get it in that sense. And obviously, but is, is there anything that matters more than like, Obviously, it matters to them because each one is trying to set a standard or maintain a standard. So Lamar's trying to set a new standard. The Ravens want to keep a standard that's been there forever. Besides the principle of it, does it matter? Like, does it matter to Steve Bashotti that he has to put money into escrow? Does it matter to Lamar that he has the comfort of having all that money and doesn't have to deal with, you know, restructuring anything down the road? Like, I guess that's what I don't get. Like, if it doesn't matter, uh, am I missing something? It seems like it does matter. If it doesn't matter, why does it matter then? Yeah. Um, well, yes. I mean, one of those variables, as you mentioned, is the escrow payment. So if Lamar were to sign an extension, you know, if it's $250 million, he's going to get, let's just say, uh, you know, $60 million signing bonus and a $10 million salary. So that's 70 off of the 150 Of course, he gets, you know, he gets that. He gets the, he gets the 60 you know, as soon as he signs, puts his name on the dotted line. And then over the season, this, that 10 is spread out. The balance of that, so my math, 180 then, Bishotti by, I think it's March 31st, hmm. um, has to cut a check and put that into escrow. Now, you know, that's these kinds of things. I mean, you know, um, with, um, I mean, th- these, are, these are huge numbers that we haven't dealt with before. Cousins, I think, was 90 million. Of course, his first year was a three-year deal, so he got like 30 million the first year. So, the Vikings were only writing a check for 60 million. Now, obviously, um, this one is huge with Watson. With Watson was huge. So, how exactly that? I, you know, I don't know how that works in you know because it's coming out of the budget somehow, so to speak. Um, it's not like Bashadi's reaching into his pocket. Do they take a loan to do that? I, I don't. That's that's out of my scope as far as how mm. the, the mechanics of that when it's that big of a, uh, uh, you know, because they're they're already writing a sixty million dollar check in the signing bonus. So I mean, that's the, that's nothing to sneeze at already. So um, the mechanics of that, I'm not sure. I mean, most of these owners aren't digging into their pockets. For anything, I mean, you know, Modell going back, you know, he didn't dig, he somewhat, somewhat dug into his pocket in a way, but because he was personally guaranteeing a, a $5 million uh, a loan for Andre Risen's signing bonus, if you want to go back that far. But most of these, you know, Bashadi's wealthy on his own, so he's not taking money from the team, per se. Um, he's not taking a salary. I mean, his... His uh, investment is where he's making out. Obviously, the growth of the team over the years, the growth in the value from what he purchased it for to what it's worth. That's that's his. But his own wealth, he he he's the team isn't supporting him. Right. Um, whereas like Mike Brown of the Bengals or or Spanos, since those are the two other big quarterback contracts for the Chargers, uh, you know, they're the, it's the team is their livelihood. And like Modell, the team was a livelihood. So. It you know it affected their their bottom line when they were paying big salaries because that was you know the profit was going down. Um, I, I'm assuming when you get to a you know a billion dollar organization or whatever these teams are worth now, um, those they're penning the check from from the revenue from the assets of the of the of the team, not from their own pocket. So anybody arguing because it's happening, anybody arguing they're cheap 
is not really paying attention to the way these things work. So I'm going to be careful when I go down this road, but uh, there's been a few trade proposals floated out there, Brian, in recent weeks, whether that's from PFF kind of outlining what uh, kind of draft capital the Houston Texans could offer the Ravens or earlier this morning, Sarah and I, uh, our lead on this morning's vault was Colin Coward sort of backhanded, you know, under his breath, murmuring kind of proposal with the Dolphins straight up for Tua. So I mean, I think we all know we can all come to an agreement on that. That's just a bunch of nonsense. There'd have to be a lot more offered than just Tua. But uh, if the Ravens were to be willing to trade Lamar, uh, what do you think? What kind of value should they expect or would they expect to get in return? And uh, what kind of time frame uh, would need to be required to get that done? Sure. So, um, I mean, the first thing is, and this is this is one of, also one of those strange circumstances with Lamar being his own agent. If they, if the sides decided we're not getting a deal done, it's just not going to happen. Or if he demanded, he said it's not going to happen. I don't want to be here. I mean, I think I, I, my assumption is that the first, you know, when, when they had their press conference and um, DaCosta said he had already talked. They well, they both said I think they had already talked to Lamar. I have to I have to feel that the Costa's first question is, do you want to be here? <laughs> you know, because if you yeah. don't want to be here, you know, they've shown that whether it's Hayden Hurst or, or uh, Hollywood Brown, that they're willing to move guys who don't want to be here. And if he doesn't want to be here, then they're not going to there's going to be no way to bridge any gap, obviously. So and then the second question is, you know, is there some middle ground here? Um, and if the answer to either of those is no, then I think they go into, you know, maybe they already have behind the scenes go into trade mode. And that's where it gets interesting because nobody's going to trade for him unless he agrees to a contract beforehand. Now, usually you have an agent and the team says, okay, agent, give you permission to go see, you know, talk to teams A, B, and C. Uh, it's a weird dynamic if it's, okay, Lamar, go talk to the Dolphins. Um, so the general manager of the Dolphins is talking, and I, I know he has advisors, but, you know, it's a it's a weird dynamic. I, I've said this several times recently, but it's my belief that if Lamar had an agent. Either a, he would have been traded or a deal would be done already because the agent and I know, we, you know, it's tampering, quote unquote, but the agent would already know if he's getting fully guaranteed somewhere. You know, he'd go to the the agent yeah. would go to the Ravens and say, look, I've got two teams that are willing to go fully guaranteed. And I could grant it could be a bluff, but. You know, I think teams know what other teams are willing to offer as well to an extent. So it's, you know, if he's got an agent, the agent says to the team, he wants fully guaranteed. If you're not giving it to him, trade him. Or the agent, no, he's not getting fully guaranteed anymore. And he goes to Lamar and says, look, you're not getting fully guaranteed. So if you want to be here in Baltimore, let's get something done. And, you know, I know what other teams are roughly offering. So we're going to go to the Ravens and this is going to be our this is going to be our demand. So that's where not having an agent becomes really tricky in a, in a trade because, again, nobody's trading for him unless they have a deal agreed to beforehand. So that's, that's, again, the weird dynamic of not having an agent. So if they get to the point where they're going to make a trade, um, I would think that would happen well before March 15th. That would be agreed to. The, the you know, scouting combine seems like the perfect place for it to happen because all the teams are there and – all the general managers are there and all the agents are there other than, you know, Lamar not having one. But so, you know, that's where they're, that's where they would test the waters. I mean, you know, um, I mean, um, Matthew Stafford was traded around the Super Bowl. Uh, golf was traded over the combine and a lot of the other Wentz, those, those deals all seem to happen at the combine. So the trade can't be official though until the 15th, but they can agree to it. Uh, but it, it's going to entail Lamar negotiating or his representatives negotiating uh, with the team to arrive at a deal before that happens. And then if you're looking at compensation, uh, I mean, I think you got to look at the, the the Wilson and Watson deals. You know, I think they were both both were three first round picks plus, um, I, you know, Lamar at age 26, a former MVP. And, you know, I don't I don't see how. Uh, and that's why I don't think the non-exclusive tag makes any sense with just possibly two first-round picks. So, yeah, I think I think that's what they got to be aiming for. And hope hopefully a couple of those first-rounders are like top top ten, top five. None of these, you know, yeah. where Ravens are always drafting in the twenties and thirties. So yeah, I mean um, Houston would Houston would obviously be the ideal 
they've got what uh, they got number one or they got number two and yeah. something like 10 or 12 or something like that i think so um they would be ideal because you get two this year um and that, as opposed to one this year one the following year and one the year after um two this year and one next year that that might you know that might lower the back end compensation also because it's the number two pick um so maybe it's just uh, you know first this year first two first this year first next year and something lower so it you know it won't look as much as watson or or uh or wilson but that that second overall pick because then you can pick your quarterback of the future there i mean that's the ideal one probably but i mean that's just you know spitballing and th- yeah. throwing stuff against the wall we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's the ideal situation, as you said, for sure. Well, we're now 30 minutes into this. We haven't asked you anything outside of Lamar, but that's, I mean, anything, you can't do anything else until this is resolved. So I'll just kind of give you one last one here. I mean, we're talking about how how the Ravens' hands are really going to be tied no matter what, whether he's on a you know five-year deal and you're going to be limited in what you can do if he's on the franchise tag. There's a sentiment among the fans that the Ravens kind of like missed their opportunity there with with Lamar and his rookie deal to win a Super Bowl. What, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, they they had all this money for so much time, never got him a wide receiver. Do you feel like, you know, the front office kind of missed an opportunity to win a Super Bowl and not get him the weapons that he needed when they had the money? Yeah, I mean, I think um, one of those factors, at least from a cap perspective, is um, and in this in this obviously is applied to all teams. But, you know, the cap dropping from 208 million to uh, I'm sorry, from 198 million down to one, well, whatever it was, 178 yeah. uh, in the covid year. I mean, their cap at that point was set up beautifully. I mean, they had all kinds of cap space. Uh, but that I mean, right now we're at 224, it probably should be 240 to 250 already um, if we had the natural cap jumps that we didn't we didn't take the massive drop back and then, you know, and then smaller, at least for a year, a smaller bump back up. I mean, last year's bump didn't get it anywhere close to where it should have been. So, um, you know, so that I mean, that circumstance, um, you know, they. You know, we, 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 we kind of the team kind of flips and flops over the years with wide receivers. It's we, we can't draft them. So we're bringing in older veterans and then, OK, we got to stop doing the older veteran thing. Let's draft them. And they drafted a slew over the last couple of years. Obviously, some of them haven't developed. Uh, Hollywood Brown wanting to leave really hurt. I think that really hurt this year. I mean, Linderball was a great replacement, but they at the, that point were at the draft. Um, they either had to draft a wide receiver high. They weren't going to get any kind of veteran in at that point. Free agency was done. So um, now, granted, you know, I don't know when the Hollywood Brown thing came together. Um, if they knew that all along and they were just waiting to draft day, then they probably should have signed a veteran, uh, you know, a more viable veteran receiver. I think that's the, the mistake of this past year. 
But, you know, and Bateman getting hurt, I mean, the offense looked pretty darn good when Bateman was healthy. Um, and he providing that deep threat that, that he did over those first couple of games. So, you know, that's, uh, you know, some of it's circumstance, but obviously they got to figure out a way to draft and develop wide receivers, especially now if Lamar is here on a, you know, 50 million a year contract, you're not going to be able to go out often and get big free agents. So they're going to have to even more rely on drafting and they've got to get the, whether it's the drafting or whether it's the development, you know, they've got to get that wide receiver stuff figured out because it certainly has been, I mean, they've done better with quarterback quarterbacks for years was the Achilles heel. Um, they, they, from Flacco to, to um, Lamar. Now they've obviously they've, they've fixed quote unquote that, but um, the wide receiver issue has been, I mean, you know, outside of Torrey Smith um, and, and hopefully Bateman now, and I mean, Hollywood to an extent, even though he's not here, I mean, you know, the wide receiver draft history is, <laughs> I don't know if checkered is even good enough of a word. It's been pretty poor for sure. Yeah, no kidding. And you wonder if Marquise too, after sort of a subpar, I know he was injured for some of it, but first year outside of Baltimore, you wonder if he was regretting kind of requesting to get the heck out. But uh, that's something we probably won't won't find out for a long time. So, yeah, like you said, you know, whether it's Lamar or the wide receiver conversation, those are typically two of the topics that we that we discussed the most. So we, we are transitioning to the wide receiver talk. And, you know, I wonder, especially if Lamar is tagged, you know, whether it's somebody on the open market or uh, you, you name it, like. DeAndre Hopkins, who's who's not, but apparently he wants out of Arizona. How could the Ravens pull this off? Um, you know, monetarily speaking. Well, yeah, I mean, if if they can't get a deal done with Lamar, I'm not sure how they can, other by other than by really robbing, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul, and really um, getting rid of a lot of. I mean, if the, to that if to do that, they probably are saying, you know, goodbye to a guy like Kevin Zeitler. You know, who because there's there's like six point five million, I think, in cap savings. If he's not here now, he's a guy I think they prefer to extend. He's on the last year of his deal. Again, kind of the Marshall Yonda treatment. He's I think he's thirty three. Um, so, you know, for guards, you know, I mean, Yonda played to thirty seven. I mean, and, he, and, and Zeitler played well last year. So he's certainly a guy they aren't going to want to get rid of. Uh, Gus Edwards, you know, there's four point three million in savings. Same with Devin Duvernay. Um, those are guys, you know, they'd rather have here. I mean, the, that that's a little high number perhaps for Duvernay, but, you know, so they're going to have to make Morgan Moses maybe even, and you're going to have to rely on Falele and hopefully he takes the next step. So, you know, there's, there's about two and a half million in savings there. So, yeah, I mean, if Lamar's on the 45, on the exclusive tag, um, they're going to, and they, if they want to do something like get a Hopkins, uh, you know, they're going to have to really um, cut to the bone in other places and get rid of guys they'd rather not, you know, they'd rather have here. So, so should fans basically then, so I'm looking at Hopkins as like the case study, right? Because every, the free agent market and wide receivers, isn't that, you know, enticing anyway. So you look at somebody like Hopkins who would have a base salary after a trade of, of 20 million. So should fans just kiss that idea away to say goodbye and, and shed a couple of tears and move on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know that that's it's it, if Lamar's on on you know if they get a deal done, um, I think they can make that work. Obviously, um, uh, Hopkins isn't playing here at a twenty million dollar cap number. That and he's I think he's got two years left. Yeah. And he's gonna he's gonna want more money than twenty million. I mean, I, you know, so they're going to have to restructure or, or extend him. Um, lower that first year cap number, give him a big signing bonus and, you know, and then have him under contract. I mean, let's say tack on three years to it. So it's a five year deal. Um, Cause I think he's only 29. Is that right? Or you'll turn 30 this year. Um, so, you know, hoping you get the three years out of him um, and then deal with some of those, you know, that your four and five uh, cap implications at that point. Um, so, I mean, it, 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 it's possible. I mean, you can, I mean, they could they could get that cap number down to, you know, six million or seven million. I'm not saying it's going that low, but mm-hmm. you know, they could definitely uh, again making those back those back end years high. Um, so it can be done, but with Lamar at 45, even then, I don't know if they could get even at a five or six million dollar cap number for for Hopkins. I don't know that they could. I mean, you know, I don't know that they could 
create enough space. I mean, if they restructure, I haven't, I haven't done this. I guess I should probably reach, you know, run the numbers and restructure everybody who can be restructured just to see <laughs> how much they can actually come up with. I, I usually pay attention to the top guys, but I mean, that's what they did. I mean, you know, for, you know, the 30 for 30, one of the things I was, I was talking to somebody recently about that and they were, they were hoping they talked about the following year a little more, you know, with Gerback coming in and getting into that, but also, I mean, they basically restructured every deal they had that they could, could rate any state cap savings to keep that team together. And one of the problems of that was when Jamal went down and when Searcy went down, they were playing, you know, guys off the street and undrafted free agents. I mean, the right tackle spot after Searcy went down was a disaster. Benny Anderson was the undrafted free agent that started the whole, I'm mean, pretty much the whole season at, at right guard. That right side of that offensive line was horrible and it reflected in, in Gerback's play for sure. So those kinds of things would have to happen where you're getting rid of guys, you're restructuring as many as you can and you're, you're getting rid of guys, you know, you get rid of Gus Edwards and then what happens if, God, I don't want to say it, but what happens if Dobbins has another injury, you know, turns into yeah. be the Jamal of, of next year or this coming year. And you're, you know, then you're getting, you know, you're getting undrafted free agents. You know, some of those guys can hit, but if they don't, you know, you're, you're, you know, or your right tackle spot, Philele gets hurt then, then who's, and then who's your right tackle, you know, after you got rid of Moses. So those kinds of things, I don't think they want to get there, but I mean, that's, that's what may have to happen. And, yeah, maybe they can bring a Hopkins in, but it's going to be ugly on the other, you know, at the other spots. You got me thinking about this 30 for 30 film again, Brian. We've done a lot of like, you know, in the, in the following, in the last few days, we've we've talked about it a little bit and analyzed it and whatnot. And I know there's only so much you can fit into an hour and 40 minutes of, I think that was what it ended up being roughly. And uh, given the offensive deficiencies that that team dealt with, shouldn't we have, shouldn't Matt Stover have gotten a little bit more love? I mean, come on. <laughs> Oh, I mean, well, I mean, even the even the the Super Bowl year, I mean, you know, they that the, was it three ga- or five games without a touchdown, but I think they won three of them. Uh, All right, because of his know, leg. And, and, I mean, one of them, I think they won. I think they beat Cleveland twelve six, and it was it was four <laughs> field goals. You know, right. uh, so yeah, I, I mean, that's um, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we've been other than the little blip in between them with with Cundiff, we've been you know this this franchise has been blessed with with place kickers, uh, you know, what, you know, what are we 25 years in now? And uh, maybe two of those yeah. where we didn't have Stover or Tucker, you know, I mean, it's pretty amazing. Right. right. And of course, Stover's too, too much of a class act to say anything, but I thought he should have gotten a little bit more pub. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sure. what are you going to do? But uh, on to Roquan Smith, because we all know his addition to this defense transformed it really overnight in a lot of ways, whether that's through the eye test, statistical categories, you name it. And now that all the details are in uh, contractually for, for what the two sides agreed to, uh, do you feel like it was a good one for both parties? And is it realistically more of a three-year deal in your mind? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, well, uh, once you get past the guaranteed money, obviously it always becomes – I mean, once, once you're past the guaranteed money, while it's, some of it's still affecting the cap through the bonus and the, the option bonus – uh, then it's sunk money. So, you know, then you look at what's the cap savings versus the sunk money. So, yeah, I mean, I think three, I mean, I, at his age, I'm sure they hope he's here for five, all five of the years. I mean, certainly, he's, you know, middle linebackers, I mean, obviously speed deteriorates some over time, but um, his instincts and things like that will probably keep him to be a pretty good player for the five, for all of the contracts. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good deal. Obviously, you know, you could make the argument on cap allocation. I mean, the deal itself is fine. I mean, you can mark if you want to make the argument on cap allocation at linebacker versus other spots, you know, I, I, there's, I could see both sides of that argument for sure. Uh, but when you have, I mean, the, it was kind of like Marcus Peters when he came in in, in 19 um, and the same basic, the same thing happened right before the last game, you got an extension. So, I mean, he transformed that defense. I mean, they, they made some other uh, additions uh, at middle linebacker there when they brought Bynes back uh, that made a difference in 19 as well. But, um, you know, the, 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 the change in the defense and just having that commanding presence and a guy 
which we haven't had, in a, like, I guess, since Mosley, a, a guy who's actually, uh, you know, pretty good in coverage as well. I mean, and that was lacking. I mean, the tight end numbers were always a problem for this team. And it seemed seemingly once Roquan got here, a lot of that in letting Queen do his thing as well. I think that's, you know, the added bonus is, it, it you know, an unleashed Queen in a different way or allowed them to unleash Queen in a different way. So, um you know, the, like I said, the only the only argument is the allocation of your cap, whether that, you know, that nine million in cap space that he's taking up this year, whether that should be a Hopkins uh, or not. I try to stay out of those arguments. Um, I can because I in one I can see both sides of that argument. So I, I don't know there's a, a winner or a loser in that argument because um, both sides have some merit and both sides, you know, um, can can make a decent argument. So but that's I mean, that's the only potential to me drawback his age he's not a guy that gets hurt um and you know in five years is not terribly long for middle linebacker so i mean i think he will earn all of that money and you know and, and should be uh, solid for for the length of the deal hey brian you had brought up marcus peters um i'm i'm kind of in the camp that i would like to see him return while being realistic that i know that you know maybe he lost a set maybe it's because the acl and maybe he can he can be better but um, obviously, I'm not going to be campaigning for it if he can go out and get a ton of money on on the free agent market. So based off of his age and the way he played last year, what kind of deal do you think it would take to have him return? And then, I, you know, maybe that way I can set my expectations properly of of whether that's realistic for the Ravens to do. Yeah, I mean, so is this deal was uh, I think thirteen or fourteen million the, the the deal that's ending per year, which was actually a pretty good bargain for the Ravens. Um, so uh, injury, um, lack of performance, I could see it being on the low end, or I, I mean, I think I think eight millions pro eight eight million per year is probably a good number. It could go up, obviously. Um, I haven't really looked at the free agent market as far as other free agents that are out there. Obviously, if he's the top guy, then it goes up. If he's one of, if he's you know number five or six of uh, you know in theory of the free agents that are available, then I think probably in that eight to nine range. Probably um, again, I you know I think he's a guy they really like, um, and you know he certainly brings an edge to the defense. Uh, you know long round. Maybe Roquan takes, you know, takes that mantle also. And we don't need that. We don't need Peter's edge as much as we have in the past. But I mean, from all reports, he's a student of the game. I mean, I remember Humphrey talking about when he first got, when Peter's first got here, how he learned so much for, from him in that, la that half of a season um, uh, about how he anticipated and how he learned and, you know, in the study he did. So, uh, you know, and, and while they, you know, he's, he's combustible, I guess we'll say, um, you know, he and, uh, and I know there was the one argument this year, but he, and, you know, I mean, at the, even the last couple of games, he's on the sideline and he's right next to Harbaugh and, you know, so they must, they must get along well enough or he'd be, you know, he'd be 10 players away <laughs> if they didn't, um, you know, on the sideline. So, um, so, I mean, I think he's the guy they would like to have back again. It's just, you know, it's a matter of, can they fit him? Uh, but I think probably eight million a year. I mean, it's that's a substantial pay cut for where he was, but it's you know it's it given this last year and you know will he regain that step he lost or not? And uh, obviously, age for cornerbacks is a so you know eight million a year, twenty four million a three year deal. Maybe maybe you can get a little lower, but add incentives in so. You know, if he gets five interceptions a year, you know, or, or makes the Pro Bowl, he gets, you know, he gets a bump, things like that they could build in. So they could potentially lower um, the, so it's maybe it's 24 in total max value, but it's a, you know, it's a 20 million, um, you know, base value. So it's really not 8 million a year unless he plays really well and, and earns it all. It's been super informative, Brian, and we really, really appreciate your time and hopefully uh, some of our vault listeners, you know, this has served as sort of an, an educational purpose kind of listen, but let's finish here. Uh, you know, the, the, the window for franchise tagging, I believe begins the 21st of this month and rides right through the seventh, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So are there any other notable dates that folks should be sort of, you know, penciling in 
um, circling on the calendar in the next month or so when it comes to free agency and, and also Lamar's future aside from that window? No, I mean, that's it. Um, the, the other big date, I mean, it's not even that big, but uh, the Monday after the Super Bowl, teams can start releasing players uh, that even though we're still in the 2023, uh, 2022 cap year, it only it does not affect your 2022 cap. So you're getting your cap straightened out. Now, the rate, most teams aren't going to cut anybody till. I mean, you got Derek Carr situation, obviously, where he's got a deadline, but um, the, most teams aren't going to be cutting anybody till March. Um, the franchise tag, if they're going to tag Lamar, I think they're waiting till March 7th. There's a little nuance there. Um, the exclusive tag is the top five, uh, the average of the top five quarterback cap hits. Um, and that's where you get the 45 plus million um, player quarterbacks can restructure anybody who restructures on a lot of these quarterbacks who are making, you know, Watson's going to be, I think he's at like 54 million. He's going to restructure. Um, but if he restructures before they put the tag on him, that will, that will affect that number. If he restructures and obviously Cleveland's not going to do the Ravens any favors, but if he restructures after um, the tag is placed, then it's the 54, regardless of what the new number is. So they're going to wait all the way to the seventh and hope teams, like I said, the Browns aren't going to do the Ravens any favors, but you know, um, Dallas with, with Dak Prescott, his numbers, I believe over 50 as well. That's a team you might hope would, you know, as they're getting their business started, they would do that a little earlier, which could potentially lower that 54, uh, or that I'm sorry, 45, um, million dollar um uh exclusive tag so they're going to wait all the way to the seven um i mean they can still negotiate after that once they tag him i mean they technically have till july 15th to get a long-term deal done um but you know they're going to wait as far as long as they can i hope first off hoping they get a deal but even hoping that they can somebody will help them out and reduce that that big number a little bit all right brian well we can find you as always on twitter doing diligent work at raven salary cap you got plenty of of information coming out via russell street report anything else that you'd like to promote before we wrap yeah no um just um obviously i got a lot of work to do between now and then but uh next week there'll be kind of my big uh, off-season article that lays out, you know, where they are, what they can do, um, you know, factoring in all these other things like their restricted free agents, what they might do there. Um, they actually don't have any exclusive rights free agents this year, um, but the incentives that they've been earned and how that affects the cap. So uh, it's pretty comprehensive, um, and that should be out next week. Um, as we, you know, uh, everybody, including the Super Bowl teams, start looking for towards uh, 23 and, and March 15th when everything uh, gets kicked off. Sarah, we got to give this guy his due. I mean, practicing law professional by day, salary cap analyst unofficially for the Ravens by night. I mean, where do you find the time, my man? Uh, it's, it's getting harder and harder right now. So that's why this, I usually <laughs> I have this article already done. And I just got to fill in some blanks as, as the, you know, as January happens, way behind. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Well, we all appreciate you, Brian. I know that we all kind of look towards you as kind of the encyclopedia of Raven salary cap. And I even know internally in the Ravens, they know you got the numbers right. So, uh, you know, Ravens flock definitely appreciates you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks so much, Brian. All right. February 21st is right around the corner. Please go ahead and follow Brian on Twitter at Raven Salary Cap for, for all of this. And uh, we will be back shortly coming up with more content before the week's over here on The Vault.